The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. Well, I am just absolutely excited to welcome my guest today. Today I have five people joining me, which is very exciting, but there's a reason for that. These five women in particular really embody what it's like to have a soul sister community. And granted, there were relationships that happened before they all have their awakenings, but the synchronicity of then to now, I think is just really amazing and perhaps something that a lot of people aspire to. So it'd be really interesting to hear how you guys went from a group of friends to each having an awakening to then discovering that you guys had this awakening and then boom, here we are now sharing about it and talking about it, about how it has affected each of you individually. So very excited to have you guys on. Now, I would like to start with you, Mary Rose, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about yourself. Oh, sure. (laughs) Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for inviting us to your podcast. These girls are really special to me. We've been sisters, friends since forever. So thank you for inviting us. But my name is Mary Rose. I had my awakening maybe four or five years ago. It was trippy because I didn't know where to start. I didn't know that the girls were going through the same thing. I know Cheryl was the head of the game for us. She was ahead by two years, I would say. During that time when I was having my awakening, again, I didn't know a lot. I didn't know who I could talk to. I was a little lost, but I had a couple people in San Diego, but I didn't know that the girls, aside from Cheryl, were going through the same thing as I was. I know that I was, I think I had an idea because when I was seeing a massage therapist and I was talking to them about how my massage therapist gave me some crystals and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I think it just kind of developed from there. Conversation came from there to like other things and which gave me an idea. It's like, oh, okay, I think they're going through some stuff. And then during that time too, I met my now friend, Julie. She was my very first psychic medium that I met. And it was such a an experience. I was afraid to see her at first. It took me a year to go see her and finally I did. And when I went to see her, she told me that I wasn't there for mediumship. I was there for a spiritual reason and for opening myself up to whatever is out there. And I mentioned to her, actually, no, I think she she picked up the girl. She said, oh, you have friends, you have girlfriends in your life. And I said, yes, they're like my sisters, I would say. And then she said, you guys have been together in your previous lifetime. 
So we've been in each other's lives even before this lifetime. And I couldn't believe what when she said that. And she said, there's five of us, three are triplets and two are cousins. But whatever the relationship was before, we've all been together. And it's really great that we're doing this together. I would have been so lost if I didn't have these girls with me um, when I was going through my awakening. So... So Mary Rose, can you tell us a little bit about what life was like for you leading up to your awakening? Hmm. (laughs) Growing up as a Catholic, it was a little hard to entertain that idea. I knew that there was something more, but I was scared to explore that. So it was just hard because, you know, I was afraid of being judged. I was afraid if it was the right thing. I was afraid of, you know, I might go to hell if I explore this journey. But I'm really glad that I did because now I feel more connected to the spirit. I'm more connected to the source. When I meditate, I see Jesus. I see Mama Mary. I see my soul team. Soul teams meaning like our spirit guides our spirit animals, ancestors. I sometimes feel my dog, my dog that had passed. I'm just really connected to spirits now, and I'm so glad that I went towards that direction. But it was hard at first, just because of culture, religion. I was afraid, but being a Catholic, it actually gave me the foundation to believe in what I believe in now. Jesus, Mama Mary for sure, the angels, I love my angels, they're with me all the time and I can feel them when I ask for them and when I do talk to them and when I meditate, I hear them. It's a two-way conversation. Oh, I love that. We'll have to dive into that in in just a little bit here. Thank you, Mary Rose, for sharing that part of your story so far. Claire, I'd like to hear from you in regards to what life looked like for you prior to awakening and sort of what led up to that and a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Well, thank you again for inviting me. This is my first podcast, so I'll just see what comes out. (laughs) But, you know, growing up, I didn't have an, I wouldn't say I had a normal childhood. Being in a Filipino family, born in the late 70s, Filipino parents, like their generation of my parents, that generation didn't really divorce, but mine did when I was young. So that kind of put me in a different category. My mom and my biological father are both Filipino. And then my mom remarried an American. So I had quite a lot of experiences as a child, like just with different families living here in Canada, living in the United States, and then coming back to Canada. So I lived in various locations and settled back in Edmonton when I reached grade two. And then I was reunited with my mom's side of the family, which is quite large. She has seven siblings, six in Canada, and then a bunch of like, they all had kids. So a, a lot of my cousins. So uh, that was kind of a whirlwind up until grade two, which is the same year I met Marie, funny, in same school. And that was the beginning of our, our friendship. But prior to that, my family's knew Cheryl's family and Kathy's family. So those ties go way back to like when we we're babies. 
But then as I was moving and going on my life journey until grade two, we didn't really know each other. But then elementary, I, I met up again with Kathy's family and that whole community. And then shortly after, Cheryl, and then a couple years later, Marrows. And we've been great, excellent like friends ever since. It's the biggest blessing in my life. So yeah, that's a little bit of the history before awakening. So we are Catholic and we were raised traditionally just because that's how my parents knew and we went to church and we, you know, did all all the things we had to do. But I did have one aunt who was very open (laughs) and she was my first exposure as uh, a little kid and she was into energies and feng shui and tapping in. But I never really... You know, when you're growing up, you just kind of see things and kids just adapt. I adapted to a blended family. I adapted to different places. I adapted to my aunt who would move furniture around all the time and find things. (laughs) She like had her door in the back physically like contracted to, to be moved six inches because it just wasn't right for her. But, you know, it was good having that. But in myself, I've just felt that same fear Mary Rose talked about. So personally, I would see my aunt, I'd be like, yeah, okay, you know, that's cool, whatever. But then when it come down to me, I'd be like, oh, no, I can't, I can't see psychic. That's like false God. Kind of scary territory. Although, you know, I, I had seen some in the past. And then just a few years before really learning to awaken, I had a really rough patch in my family situation. And I really relied on my friends who were already awakening. So I think their energies were slowly coming. I would like to say I still have a lot to learn. I think everybody here, out of everybody, I think I'm I'm learning. I, I'm not quite at the levels, but open. Cheryl opened it up first and Mary Rose. And the one big thing I remember was we had a Cheryl, it was a session that you had at Kathy's house. We had a group intuitive life coaching session. And honestly, it was life-changing because I had never experienced anything like that. I didn't know how gifted Cheryl was at the time, like she had talked about it. But actually experiencing it and talking about it is two different worlds. And that's when like my eyes really opened because I'm like, I know Cheryl. I grew up with her. We went through trials and tribulations and high school and post-secondary together. And she's calling things out that she was just so bang on. It, I couldn't, like, it was really eye-opening. And then just recently, like, I've been feeling that gift with Mary Rose. It's amazing and it's real and it's there and it's not just anybody. It's it's not just like specific people. If you want to, you just have to try. And that's something that I'm just learning And it's amazing. So that's where I am now. Well, that's absolutely wonderful and perfect. So thank you so much for sharing that, Claire. I look forward to seeing where your journey goes, because I know it's within you too. You just have to unlock it once you feel ready. So Cheryl, now that we've heard a little bit about you and how you are sort of the, the leader of this spiritual awakening and doing this intuitive session, this is the first I've heard of that. That's amazing. Looking forward to hearing about your story. Well, my story was back in probably 2000, around 14 or 2015. I was separated from my husband at that time, and I was just a mess, like chaos. I had like saw my house move into my mom's house. When I was there, it was legit like an episode of hoarders in that house. 
you had to walk around boxes. It was terrible. And I just remember hearing a quote from Buddha saying, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And that just woke me up in a way because I'm just like, no, I can't be this bitter, resentful person for my kids. And then I found the documentary, The Secret. And that really like opened up things for me. So that's when I started meditating. I found a program called Love and Above by Christy Marie Sheldon. And I knew I needed to get into whatever program she was opening next. And within a month, she opened her intuitive life coaching program. So like everything was just synchronistic because she had closed that program for years. And then she just decided to open it that year. So I did that. And then it just led me to getting my Reiki certificate, getting other energy healing modalities, becoming a law of attraction life coach and a desire factor coach. So I love when the synchronicities pop up and show up in our lives. And I feel like, I don't know, would you say that you were turned on enough to recognize and appreciate that as being a synchronicity at the time? Or what did it feel more of like coincidence? <laughs> Yeah, probably at the time, it was more like a coincidence. But now looking back, it was like, no, that's definitely Yes, yeah. Right? Yeah, it was just perfect timing. Yeah. Everything just happened. And it was just such an ease and such a flow to it, too. It wasn't like I had to, like, search for anything or it wasn't a struggle to find that program or whatever I was going through. It was just there. Like, it fell into my lap. That's what I love. So I've been interviewing so many amazing people on this podcast. And more often than not, I have heard very similar things where they get that intuitive hit. Oh, this is interesting. And then when they're ready to do it, it's like handed to them, whether it's the program or gosh, it costs this much money. And all of a sudden, that money becomes available to them. It's like all these things that just fall right into place when it's so like divinely meant to be. So what a great example of that. Thank you, Cheryl. Yeah, you're welcome. Kathy, I would love to hear from you and about your journey up until your awakening and what awakening looked like for you. Oh, geez. You really want to talk about me, hey? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, Thank you again for inviting us to do this. Oh, thank you. It will exemplify and provide some inspiration to other women out there. You will find, you will find, I know you will, your soul sister. And they exist, we exist, we are living proof. So, that being said, growing up Filipino and Catholic, we'll touch on that really quickly once again. But I don't know if I don't even know if I ever told the girls this. So we're Catholic. And I remember I was in kindergarten and I had a dream that my mom passed away. And I woke up um, from that dream and I was crying. And actually my aunt at the time was in my room and she was just like, well, why are you crying? And I was just like, oh, I had a dream. My mom died. And then she was just like, it's just a dream. Go to bed. And I was like, you're right. It's just a dream. Go to bed. Fast forward four years later, and my mom finds out that she's ill. And so my family gathered every Sunday or Saturday, whatever it was, and it was just like, Kate, we're going to say the rosary, we're going to pray. And that was the basis of my spirituality. And we'll fast forward again. I lost my mom when I was 23. Mm, And you would think that that 
would have pushed me into an awakening, but it didn't. I carried on with my life and graduated from biological sciences. And I started working for a research facility for the federal government. And everybody's like, oh, that's such a cool job. That's such a cool job. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh huh. And it eventually ate at me and ate at me and ate at me. It probably put me into a depression. And I was so, so miserable. And I think that is what pushed me into my awakening. At the time, I had two young children, a husband who was really career focused, and I had to keep it together. I had to keep the family unit together and support my husband and put on a brave face at work. So my awakening started, and I kept this portion to myself for a little bit, but I started seeing shadows following me at work and in the lab. And I was like, what's going on? And then I finally told, I think it was Cheryl, I think maybe, or was it a group call? It might have been a group call. And they're like, hey, you know what? I feel like this is what's going on with you. And I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that is. And I did a little bit of meditating, did some thinking, but really it was the support of my girls to help me get there, to help me find the breadcrumbs, if you will. And I was just like, okay, okay. Because, I mean, Cheryl and Mary Rose were so much more open to it. So they, I kind of needed them to help me find the breadcrumbs. And Marrows told me to meditate. So I was in the bath and I was meditating. And I said, what do I need to do with my life? And I heard protect the children. And I thought, okay, I thought my two girls, my two stepkids, am I supposed to protect the children? But what I think what it really was, was I needed to protect, not protect, but be there for the summer students that were with me, excuse me, that were with me at the time, the summer students. And I thought, these kids are our future. We need to invest in these kids. And then my thought process expanded and it was like, no, no, it's not just these summer students. It is all the kids all the kids. So that's when I decided I was going to take a year off and be with my kids and support my kids. And then I decided that I was going to join Big Brothers and Big Sisters and become a mentor. So I, my first year out, I became a mentor for two kids. And um, since then, it's gone back down to one, but I've had him as my little for three years, going on four years. And um, honestly, I think it was because the angels were telling me, my guides were telling me, you are not fulfilling your life goal, your life purpose by sitting in a lab. So um, yeah, that's where I am now. I don't know if that's my life purpose, but I know it makes me happy. 
that's what matters. How wonderful. Wow. And to get the message and then to act upon it. That's like the next step, like the next big step right, <laughs> is to act upon it. So I'm curious when you shared about these shadows, what did Cheryl and Mary Rose or what did the girls say that was? Um, it was, it was like the toxicity. Ah. So there was like two versions of me and this, this shadow would have been who I would have become if I allowed the toxicity to continue to eat me up. So. Wow. How interesting is that? Something for people to consider too, in regards to the energy that we emit when we are unhappy and how energy is very powerful and who's to say it can't come to fruition in some way. So how interesting. Thank you for sharing that, Kathy. I would love to hear your story, Marie. Mary Rose and Marie have both been guests already on the podcast. They've had solo um, interview episodes. So I really strongly urge the listeners to check those out because that's like 45 minutes to an hour of just Mary Rose and 45 minutes to an hour of just Marie. So it gets really in, in depth beyond this. But Marie, if you wanted to tell us about yourself and about your awakening, what that looked like. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just start with now. I'm a busy mom of two boys and I work as a registered nurse and I'm doing the mom thing, just keeping the boys in line and raising these two little guys. So that's great. I have a supportive husband as well. Just a little bit about my journey into awakening. I was always a very super sensitive child. Growing up, I have early memories of being alone on, on my own, but also actually having an imaginary friend that I used to often chat with and play with and share things with. I really just think about that part of my childhood, you know, reflecting on that and thinking I was a super sensitive child. I think hindsight, this was probably a spirit or an angel. And so that was kind of like my early years. And I feel so lucky because those early memories are all really happy. And then Claire kind of mentioned like we met each other really early on in our childhoods in grade two. And we all met each other throughout our lives, like basically all throughout grade school to high school. And by high school, everyone here on the line, we were all quite a tight knit circle of friends. So I'm super thankful for that. And we've seen each other through thick and thin and really hard times and life changing events. So I'm really thankful that I have these girls in my life and that they've been with me like for most of my life. Yeah, and my I guess my journey into awakening has been that I guess I've always been really open even as a t like growing as a teenager into like young adulthood, I was always really open to things outside of, I guess, the traditional sense of spirituality. So I grew up Catholic, but at the same time, I did always know or have a sense that there was a lot of power in just energy and something beyond going to church or some of those ceremonial things that we needed to do. And I don't know, that was just a knowing. I'm not sure how that came to be. So in my early 20s, I had a lot of Reiki sessions. That was probably like my introduction into energy healing. And it was always told by Reiki therapists that I 
was super open and super responsive to that type of healing and that modality. So really been open to that. And there were times in my life where I suffered loss due to maybe someone passing away. And I think that really, those were the steps that started to nudge me towards my awakenings because throughout my life, as all of us here, you know, we've gone through grief and loss. I always really struggled with that. And it was always like a question as to why, like, and that's, I guess, what led me to really soul search as to why I felt things so deeply. And then in the current job that I do, I met a woman that works out uh, with the First Nations people. And she introduced it to my head and said, well, you sound like an empath. And I had never heard that terminology before. So I am an empath. And so I'm still trying to understand and navigate that. But in knowing that you are an empath, it's a little bit easier to find your way through and understand about boundaries and understand how to live in this world being an empath. It explained why I felt things so deeply, felt grief so deeply. And then I guess going into my 40s, I was living a really great life with my career and my family. But, you know, I hit a bit of a wall and that really catapulted me into diving deeper into what's my purpose in this world. And okay, I'm an empath and what makes me happy? So I'm really trying to abbreviate it, but I'm just giving you the Coles Notes version. But the timing, the funny thing about us as a group of friends is is that our awakening kind of happened simultaneously, like in around the same time. So Mary Rose said, you know, her awakening was about in around four or five years ago, and I'm 44. So when I turned 40, I was just searching for like, what does life mean? And like, is life just like working in my job and just doing the day in, day out, same thing every day, you know? Or is there more to life? Like, if there's a, is there something beyond, like, what we're doing every day just to make money, make a living, do what we think we should be doing? And I think, actually, we do, Kathy talks about hitting a bit of a mental breakdown, and that's what kind of caused me, I think, to kind of break down almost mentally. It's just like, am I happy, you know? And I found myself actually finding myself in a little bit of a depression in around that time. So my awakening, you know, has been kind of a a longer journey, I guess you can say, but super duper catapulted by in my 40s, trying to understand myself, trying to understand why I was going through this mental health crisis. I'm just so happy that I had my friends along with me. In hitting that mental health crisis, I sought a lot of help. I talked to psychologists, I saw energy healers, I went to Reiki. And then it was this one psychologist that was really open to like other modalities outside of just traditional psychology. Her name is Rosalind Fung, and she kind of introduced me to meditation. And she said, you know, have you meditated before? And she gave me that introduction. And I think that really helped me to open my understanding and open the door to my awakening. And I could probably go on and on. In my current state, like I said, I'm a busy mom. I am healing from breast cancer. Uh, So that is a big part of my journey. Two years ago, when I was 42, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Soon after the diagnosis, they told me I had stage four breast cancer. So that's when things got really real, really raw and very serious. (laughs) So... 
I feel like my awakening started at 40, but then with my diagnosis and in really trying to understand how to be happy in this life, what it means to, you know, make a difference in this world, I really have to probably credit this life-altering experience of being diagnosed with breast cancer. But, you know, I have to say I'm feeling healthy. I'm feeling well. I have my girls with me, and they're my team, and they're part of my healing team. And Laura, you've done sessions with me, and that was incredibly um incredibly powerful uh, in, in that time when I, I really needed it. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of doing doing all of that and having fun with it. And yeah, that's, that's that. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, and here we are <laughs> talking about it. Isn't it great that we can talk about now in retrospect and in hindsight? Now, it's behind you in a way, but I know it's still there, but at least now we can talk about it, what you've learned from it and where you come. Isn't that such a wonderful blessing? So I would love to hear now that we've heard a, a little bit about your guys' amazing life stories so far and what your awakenings looked like. I want to know now, how does spirit work in your life now? How does it look for you? And are there certain entities that you connect more with? Just curious how it looks in your everyday life now that you've gone through this awakening. So Mary Rose, would you like to start us off, please? Oh, surely. Okay. So when I first started my awakening journey, I knew what meditation was, but I was exploring like which meditation works best for me or whatever. And then I heard about meditating to meet your spirit guides. So I did that. And I met my very first spirit guide. I named him Bo. I don't know. I asked him for his name and he said his name was Bo. Okay. So anyway, Bo, he's like this very big, uh, what do you call those guys? Um, oh gosh, I forgot. Okay. Anyway, Viking, that's it. Vicar? Yeah. I'm like, he's not a vicar. Viking. What's a vicar? <laughs> yeah. Not a vicar. Viking. And he's like so so big and like, ugh, like, like if you were to see him, you'd be afraid of him because he's so massive. But so carry big hair, all that stuff. But like he's so loving and sweet. Like, oh gosh. Like, you know, with our mind's eye, I and like, during a meditation, I felt his love. I don't think I've ever felt love like that before. And he was so sweet. It was warm. It was so loving. So during my first part of my awakening, I would go to him. I would say, hey, Bo, where are you? Blah, blah. But then for him, when I see something yellow, because I was listening to Suzanne Giesman, another person that I follow, Marie introduced me to Suzanne Giesman. She mentioned about how do you communicate or getting signs or, or, or messages from your spirit guides. And so during one of our podcasts, she mentioned about how to connect with them and to ask for a sign. And so um, one day I was asking for a sign and I closed my eyes and I saw a yellow balloon. And then I'm like, okay, interesting. And then I went to the bank, I came out. And no joke, I saw a boy in a yellow shirt and I saw two cars in front of me that are yellow. And so now whenever I see a yellow car out of the blue, I know it's Bo. And I don't see yellow cars very often. <laughs> I don't know about mm -hmm. you, but 
I no. don't. <laughs> and it's like a specific color. It's not yeah. just like, it's not a highlight yellow. It's like, it's a, I don't know how to describe the yellowness of the yellow, but it's a, <laughs> a specific color. And um, so when I see that, I know it's him. And when I would connect him, I would feel like tingle, like at the back of my head and my shoulder and my neck. And that's when I know that I'm connecting to spirits. And that's when I realized during my, the early part of my awakening that that's how the spirits are making their presence known, not just through like feathers or hearts, because I see a lot of feathers and I see a lot of hearts. And when I see yellow, it's not just that. It's like when I know that the energy is there or the spirit's there, I feel them on like in the back of my neck, my head and my shoulder. And I, I get the shiver, like I shimmy a little. <laughs> so, and then later on, I met more and more teams, guardian angels. Now that I got certified as a Hawaiian healer. My Mr. Miyagi teacher, <laughs> quote unquote. So he taught us about Vaikus. And I don't know if I'm saying it right, but they're pretty much like your guardian angels too. So now I include them into my team. So when every morning or every day I ask my Havaiku guardian angels and archangels to clear the path to my destination and to clear the buildings that I'm going to go to or my family are going to go to clear it and give it love and light. So now my team is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I just say, listen, team, I need your help. So whoever wants to come <laughs> forward will come forward and help me. Because I've got my grandma in there, my grandpa in there, like ancestors. Like, I feel protected, you know, and I go and I feel a little fearful for whatever reason. <laughs> Yep. Just thinking about like how protected I am, how covered I am, how like they're guided. It's a bunch of, of my team is huge and I'm being guided by them. And they're all for the greater good, my greater good and the greater good of anyone around me and this planet. So I just really, really try to pay attention when I get pings or intuition hits. I think I'm getting better at that. I know when... It's intuition trying to tell me things versus my ego. And it's like a quick thing. It's like a matter of factly, but with gentleness and love. It's like, hey, don't do that. And you're like, uh, okay, I guess I better do that, not do that. Like, it's very subtle. Now I'm learning to really tune into that because before I didn't know, I was like... I don't know if the girls remember, but one time I was hungry and I said, I want to get burrito, I think is what I said. But then I was kind of on a diet or something <laughs> like that. And I said, I want to get burrito, but it's the intuition telling me not to do it. But then it was like repetitive. So it's like, okay, now that when I think about it, it's not the intuition. It's my ego saying, don't do it. Don't get the burrito. <laughs> but then now it's different. Like I know when I'm connecting with them, I know it. Oh, that's really awesome. So a great way is, you know, like you said, guided meditation and yes. learning what it feels like for you when you when Yeah, you're so connected. I also in how I connect with them is when I do get the chance to really practice, I meditate. I ask them whatever messages they have for me for that day or whatever I'm going through. So then I meditate, I close my eyes, I do the thing, I ground, and then I journal. So whatever messages that comes to me, I write it down. And 
no judgment, just write down whatever comes into my head. And then when I'm done, I read it. And that's when it becomes clear for me. So I do journaling and meditation and whatever is coming towards me and synchronicities too. They're everywhere. They're giving us so much love and guidance all the time. It's just a matter of paying attention to them and and really like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, Thanks definitely. for that. Yeah. Now I'm hungry for a burrito. <laughs> yeah, I miss shrimp burritos. Oh, oh they're so good down here. Oh, well, thank you, Mary Rose. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Claire, I wanted to, I'm curious to hear your story as far as what, life looks like for you now that you have discovered your awakening and are in that space? Oh, yeah, for sure. Some of the things are similar with the girls, I notice in our talks, and many, many things are different. And I'm learning that everybody has their own way of learning, knowing, and and everybody's at a different level. So I think talking this through and listening to podcasts and hearing how everybody else is affected has also helped me learn what may work and what may not, what might be my gut and what might not be. But for me, when I'm talking to my angels or developing my relationship with them, at first I was unsure. There's a lot of, a lot of unsureness. Okay, well, I'm talking to you now. Everybody's seeing signs and everybody's hearing things and they're getting visitations and I'm not getting anything. And I think I was at that point where I was just, and you told me this yourself, I was just looking too hard. Everything is there. It's it's always there. They're always giving you breadcrumbs all the time. I guess there is such thing as like not looking or looking too hard and just missing it. So I had to find that such balance. a fine line, isn't it? it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still working on it. But I find that as I develop my relationship with my guides and my angels, it doesn't impact my religion. I still have my religion and I love my religion and it's still like my rock when I need it. Jesus is there. Mama Mary is there. My angels are there. I pray to like St. Anthony daily because I lose things daily. And you know what? He always pulls through. I have to tell you all, (laughs) if you're missing something and you're Catholic, pray to St. Anthony. (laughs) Do you have to be Catholic? No, (laughs) sounds like you have to be the spirituality you can be anything all right saint anthony yeah i will talk to <laughs> awesome you. yeah i will follow buddha's guidelines like it's that's the thing about this and being open is so much more free than being locked in that catholic cage which has really opened me up and i don't feel so much fear and so much guilt and i'm so happy i don't i don't want to bring that onto my children i want them to to open up and know that it's not one way. There's not one way. You just have to find your way. And that might sound scary and it might sound unknown because it's going to be different for you than it is for anybody else. But just just let it come. Let it be. Give yourself grace. And just keep trying. You have no ill intent. So what harm can come, right? So things I do for myself on a regular basis fine because working mom, yada, yada, life is busy. I do need to ground. Maybe also because I'm just the way I am and I'm like a Tasmanian devil in my mind, but I need to ground. And my current method that I love, love, love is my singing bowl. I just love it. Or I've had, I would like to get a tuning fork too. I'm not sure which one I would like, but my singing bowl that I have, I love it. And my kids love it. And I just love hearing them ding on it. (laughs) 
So me and my girl, once in a while, I'll do it. Sometimes she'll do it with me. We'll, we'll ground by just using the singing bowl, taking some breaths, and then pulling a card or a few. That's what we're into. And I love the cards. For anybody that, like me, doesn't see or feel or get those direct answers, I really find that the cards are helpful for me. And it's not an end-all, be-all. It's just like, this is what you need to focus on for today or for now or just till lunch. <laughs> or for lunch. Yeah, or yeah. for lunch. <laughs> Should I do that burrito? I don't know. Which burrito? <laughs> How many? How yeah. many? <laughs> oh, I love that. So I love that you still hold on to your religion. I feel like for lots of people, it may come across as one or the other, all or nothing. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking the parts that you like with whatever resonates with you and maybe leaving behind the parts that you don't. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So I think that that's really great that you bring that up and also that you can include your kids in that work as well. And the part that you brought up about not connecting in the ways that other people do. So you use the cards. Cards are a great way for that. But I have a feeling that you do connect. It just may be a way that you haven't quite discovered yet because it may be subtle. And it. I feel like it something that you, you'll, you'll figure it out. I think you're yeah. onto something. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I was asking and I, I heard, I heard painting that you'll get connected when you just paint. Like you'll connect and then painting would be your thing. Oh, Another craft. <laughs> I got all the supplies. Another way to expend your energy. So along with that, I also feel like something like physical sensation. So we'll see. Keep us posted. Keep us posted. Like how Mary Rose mentioned, like the the energy, like tingling. But I feel I feel like it may be more subtle for you. Right. You know what? I do get the tingles though. I know when I talk to my angels, I I get the full body tingles, like right through chest to fingers. Ooh, I just got them. They're here. Ooh. I love it. Oh, thank you, Claire. Thanks for sharing your, your authentic truth. I really love that. Cheryl, I cannot wait to hear about your journey into this intuitive coaching and everything. Like, that's really awesome. How did you even learn that you were intuitive and all that good stuff? You know, I, I didn't. But then along the way, I, I actually figured out I, I was because there were times when I would get like feelings of Either I was going to get into a car accident and shortly after I had a car accident or a couple. <laughs> and then like sometimes too, when a person pops up into your head, right? And then all of a sudden you get a phone call from them, right? And actually I haven't told my the girls about this, but another girlfriend that we grew up with, Michelle, we went separate ways. Then we reconnected again shortly after my firstborn was born. So she invited me over to her house for her birthday or whatever. And so I, at that time, I was separated from my husband then. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's somebody that I would start dating. And then the name Ian Castano came up. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this was way back, like 2009, I guess. And at that time, I wasn't into Filipino guys. I was mainly, like, into the Caucasian. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Fast forward a few years later, I think we started, me, like me and Ian, we started dating, uh, what, 2017. 
So that was my intuitive hit about who my soulmate was. Okay, hold on. So you were given the name? Yeah, I was given the name from Oliver. I actually didn't even know that he was like good friends with them at the time. Wow. Yeah. So I had that. That was like one of the major hits that I've had. So I had no idea. And then I also, back in 2003, we went to Hawaii. I've always been into the spiritual stuff, but I guess I didn't know it. I was into the whole tarot stuff or, and the whole astrology stuff. And then one of my friends was like, you know, we're Catholic. You're not supposed to be like doing that stuff. Right. And, uh, and then after that, I was like, oh, okay. I, so I kind of shied away from it. But then, yeah. So anyways, back in 2003, we went to get a reading in Hawaii. And when I got the reading, the guy was like, you know, you should be learning this stuff. You should be learning how to do this intuitive, learning how to read and all this. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I never like really thought into it. Right. But then just over the years, it just kept on coming and coming and coming. And then again, for the intuitive life coach training, that was not my intention at all. I just like to program that I just wanted to like meditate and and I saw like a real difference because back then I was a total mess didn't like myself you know low self-esteem and all that kind of stuff right but then it really changed my life learning about myself more learning to love myself more so then be like learning how to be intuitive really was kind of like the cherry on the top because it'll help you guide you where you want to go or help you with the shortcut. So are there any entities that you work with on a daily basis now? I like to call on my higher self a lot, especially when, you know, I don't know which way I want to go. So I do that. My main ones are probably like Jesus, Mama Mary, being Catholic and all that. And then a lot of the times when I'm scared (laughs) is Archangel Michael. (laughs) I hear Archangel Michael come protect me. If there's an entity in the house or whatever, they're not allowed. Please, you know, do your thing. Cut that cord or whatever it is he needs to do. Oh, and being a Reiki practitioner, I do that a lot too. So before I'm watering my plants, I'll send energy to my water. And then I'll have an intention saying like every time I water my plants, it's always infused with hmm. energy. It's a good idea. And also, when I get nervous, this is my first podcast too, so I'll do Reiki. So, you know, like I sent Reiki to myself, I sent Aww. Reiki to all of you and to all your listeners. Oh, thank <laughs> yeah, you. So, and then I have a crystal that I keep with me all the time too. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love that everybody has, I mean, there's some overlaps, you know, Jesus, Mama Mary, but I love that everybody just has their own and that's, totally fine and absolutely okay. It's like what resonates with every every person. That's what's important. So how wonderful. Kathy, what about you or any entities that you work with on a daily basis? And if so, how did you connect with them or how do you connect with them? Oh, you helped me out, Laura. Oh, <laughs> so tell me what I did for you. <laughs> Just well, we had that first session, first ever session. And my grandpa appeared. So then I realized that I had neglected my grandpa and he had some messages for me. And you said that my grandma was there. And I was just like, ha ha, you must be lying because my grandma's still alive. And then you had told me that my grandma must have dementia. And I was like, yeah, she does. And you told me, yeah, well, that's where she goes. She goes to see my grandpa. So since then I've lost my grandma 
but not really. I feel like she's with me all the time. So my grandpa is here. My mom is here. My grandma is here. I also did that meditation that Mary Rose did, Meet Your Spirit Guide, and Sarah. So Sarah, I feel them all the time. And how they connect with me is through dreams. It's not through meditation. It's through dreams. And the dreams are very vivid. And they really kind of help me through the tough times in my life. And the girls know the past few months have not been easy for me. And so my grandparents and my mom are there. And when I really, really need help, I'm like, Cheryl, Mary Rose, somebody help me. (laughs) Help me. What, What do I need? What do I need? But when I can't get to Mary Rose or Cheryl, or if I feel like I, like I don't want to bother them, this might sound weird, but 100% I feel it. It's through the radio. One time I was really trying to keep it together, and then I was really upset about something and driving to where the situation was, and the song by Janet Jackson, Together Again, came on, and I was just like, oh my god! This is my mom hugging me, telling me it's going to be okay. So I was just like, okay, like it's going to be okay. So yeah, that song I have now is a reminder that my mom tells me it's going to be okay. But also radio commercials, not going to lie. Silly, silly radio commercials. It's like, oh, I think I'm spending way too much money. <laughs> and then there's a bankruptcy commercial that comes on. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that one was for me. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like your guides and your team, they know that that's how you resonate with that. I love it. That is a great way to get communication. Wow. How awesome. So <laughs> might sound silly, but that's how they communicate with me. They Absolutely. know how stubborn I can be, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh. And what I love is that, because I'm sure, you know, you, you listen to lots of songs all the time, blah, blah, blah. But, but it's like, you you can tell when it's a message, like the song oh. is a message, right? Versus just a song on the radio. How no, can you no. tell? Same thing. I got that feeling and I actually felt like angel wings around me. Oh, so I was wow. just like, okay, it'll be okay. Like reel it in. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Oh, That's awesome. I love that. Thank you, Kathy, for sharing that because that is another great way to get messages from the other side. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I love it. Marie, I would love to hear how you work with spirit now now that you've had your awakening and you're where you're at now and what it looks like for you on an everyday basis. It's hard to describe. I guess one example I can share, but there's so many. But I find if I'm ever in need of, say, like reassurance or being uplifted, sometimes you get into this point where it's like, oh my gosh, just show me a sign that someone's looking out for me or someone's got my back. And I know I have my team here with me right now, like the girls, they always have my back. But sometimes you just need that higher level leveled up, like (laughs) universe, are you there? 
And I'm talking about the days when you're like really down. And so I might just like kind of go within and just ask, and it might not be out loud, but I'll maybe just meditate on the intention of like, just show me a sign, show me that I'm going to be okay. And so there's so many examples, but one of my signs is rainbows. So when I was first diagnosed, I remember being at my sister-in-law's house and this is when they told me I had stage four. And I remember being at my, my sister-in-law's house and thinking, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be here right now. I just, I'm not in the right mindset. I just don't feel well. I feel just scared and afraid. And I remember walking outside just to get a breath of fresh air. And the kids were all jumping on the trampoline. And suddenly this downpour, like, I don't know, this gray cloud came out of nowhere and it rained on the kids and you know so they were all okay we're all gonna go in and it was so quick as they were like trying to get off the you know trampoline or out of the playground play area just as quick as the rain came it went away which was really really odd so then it was like oh okay so by that time I had like kind of turned the corner around the house to go back inside and I turned the corner and of course, I'm in this state of like, oh, please, someone or something or God, you know, source, angels, please just tell me that I'm going to be okay or help me to feel better. And I turn the corner, I see this massive, full on arch rainbow from left to right. And at that point, it was just, it was just such a profound experience that I'm like, okay, all I have to do is ask for help. And it'll be there, you know, whether it's a sign of, of reassurance, whether it's for comfort, whatever it is. After that point, I just knew I'm cared for and all I have to do is ask. So rainbows is my sign. And so funny, like soon after, and this was in that time when I was going through treatment and I had gone through chemo and things were really hard. I remember I was driving, it might've been to energy healing, or it could have been to kids' piano lessons. I'm not sure. But I was driving. But in knowing that one of my signs is rainbows, I was driving and driving. And then, I again, I had that feeling inside, like, ah, I feel really alone right now. I feel, like, icky inside. Like, just please show me a sign. Like, show me that I'm loved, you know. And, again, it's just, like, some. it might be just that intention that I have in my head. And no word of a lie. So I'm driving along. And... Beside me is a cyclist, and he's on a bike, like a, a ride-along bike. And on his track jacket, on the bottom, it said rainbow. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, my like, goodness. <laughs> and rainbow is not, like, necessarily, like, it's not a team name, unless maybe it was a team name for him. But I just looked over, and in that moment that I was looking for that, I'm like, that is okay. Yeah, I'm so supported right now. Because I asked for that, and on that person's jacket said rainbow. So I think I'm going to be, you know, I, I, I know I'm going to be okay. So that's just an example that comes to mind. And the girls here know that I've tapped into their energy healing, their gifts. So Mary Rose and Cheryl do have a gift for energy healing as yourself, Laura. And so, you know, I'm still very much in tune with that healing modality. And it heals me not only, you know, there is... I believe physical healing, but there is also soul healing and spiritual healing and mental healing and emotional healing. So I love, you know, tapping into that as well. But I, I can probably go on and on. 
<laughs> I know, I know right? I feel like we could all just go on and right? on. This is like such a, yeah. an exciting topic for us. But I love how something as subtle, like for that cyclist, how he just on his shirt has rainbow on it. It's like no, no big deal. But the amount of comfort it brought you just because of the timing, it's just amazing how something that can come across as so mundane can just be the, the lift that we need. I think it's just really can be incredible the amount of energy and the amount of love that can come through that message. So that was so wonderfully put. Thank you, Marie. I do want to wrap up our interview and ask what advice would you each give your past self? Mary Rose, I'll start with you. Man, it's going to be a long advice. <laughs> you got to keep it short, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm so stubborn and I'm really stubborn and it's I think oh you gosh. just said it okay, then. But really <laughs> just said, yeah, don't be so stubborn. stubborn. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. Um, but no seriously, I would tell myself to to not be so hard on myself and that I am always loved. Don't listen to what others say and just believe and trust that I am always supported and loved. Always. It's just, it's hard being human. And, you know, with us humans, we want to see things. We want to feel things. We want, in order to believe, we have to see and feel, right? It's like a physical thing. And it's harder to trust and believe and deeply know that you are supported and loved when you don't see it. But, oh gosh, just trust and be open. Be open to like the beauty, like the messages that it's it's there. And they're telling you always that you are so supported, you are so loved. And you just have to ask, ask. Because if you ask, they will show up. Yes, they will. But you are loved blessed, supported, and guided always, 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 always. Oh, thank you, Mary Rose, for that it's wonderful advice. Yeah, Claire, what advice would you give your past self? A couple things with Mary Rose is about the trust and asking, because had I known you could just ask, maybe I would have done it more. <laughs> Right. It, it is that easy and it, it sounds like it's hard but it's not hard you can do it and they'll answer there is an answer for you any which way which is what Mero said but one of the biggest things for me I think that may not have been touched yet is don't let fear get in the way I was raised with fear and I'm still dealing with it, and I always deal with it but don't let it stop you don't let it stop you from doing what you want to do trying something new feel or fear failure don't be scared of any of that just try it. Absolutely. I have a feeling everyone's advice will be connected somehow. So that's a really good one too. So thank you for bringing that up. Cheryl. Yeah. So, oh yeah, a lot of what Mary Rose says, and I guess since my theme for this podcast is intuition, I'll say, follow your intuition and just trust it. And when you're in doubt, just kind of explore it then and just trust it and follow it and see what happens. I love it because not only do you have to trust it, you got to act on it, right? <laughs> That's also part of it. Yeah. Exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes, Thank exactly. you, Cheryl. Thank you so much. Kathy. So advice that I would give to my former self 
would be uh, don't put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to finish school. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to be the perfect mom. Don't put too much pressure on yourself to be the perfect wife. You know why? Because you are where you're supposed to be. And the best place to be is to be present. So, appreciate, be grateful for what you have, whatever's going on in your life, even if it sucks. That's where you need to be. And that's where you will learn and grow. I love that. That's a great one, especially in the day and age. There can be a lot of pressure and it can get in the way and cloud us. So that's wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Kathy. Marie, what advice would you give your past self? Yeah, you know what? I think it would be to believe in yourself. There's lots of different advice. And I think in the last podcast, it was more along the lines of you're going to be okay. But if I could talk to myself, my young, young self, it would be to believe in yourself. Don't doubt yourself. I think we can be really hard on ourselves, especially growing up and just trying to find our way. I'd really tell my little self, you are an amazing person and don't beat yourself up too much. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wonderful advice. Thank you so much. Well, ladies, this has been such a pleasure. I really want to thank you so much for your time. And we all were able to get together. I think that's pretty amazing on its own that our schedules worked out. So thank you again so much for the amazing advice, for sharing your story and your authentic truths and for your time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's such a pleasure. Yeah. was another episode of a guided life podcast thank you so much for tuning in and until next time love and light always Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.